Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Praise the Lord. We're in the power of grace. We're learning about grace. Man, I think today is going to be really, really, really good. So I want you to just really pay attention. Just give me your full attention because I think it's important. I want you to look at this King James, James 4, 6. Jesus breaks this down. When he breaks it down, makes a lot of sense of what he's explaining to us about the grace of God. And we kind of talked about the grace of God and we said, grace is God's ability in me, in you, allowing us to do what we could not do by ourselves. right? So look at James 4, 6. I'm going to give you a brand new definition for grace today that God gave it to me this week. All right? Now, this thing's empowerment. This thing's about strength. This thing's about victory. This thing's about everything you need, okay? So let's go So, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resists the proudful, or the pride, right? The proud, but he gives grace unto the humble, okay? Now, when you're in this thing, you think, Okay, he says, God resists people that are proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. So what's, what's grace? What's pride? We're going to see. Boom, look at verse 7. Because he said this, submit yourself there for God, resist the devil, and you'll flee. We understand that there's power found in this. But in 4 or 6, he says, God giveth grace to the humble, but God resists the proudful. Okay? So then what's the first question you and I got? What's pride? What's humility? Okay, so now, have you ever been here? Because I've been here, right? You ever been, married people know what I'm talking about, right? You know, when you get a little proud, you get a little proud, get a little prideful, and your, your spouse is the first one, you're prideful. You ain't never been there before? Have I been in the car? Yeah, I mean, I usually, I, I usually show up on the car ride. Some of you lie in church. I don't know how, how you keep doing this, but you know what I mean? You know when somebody gets a little pig-headed in the house, you know what I mean? That's usually Pastor Liz, not me. I know nothing about this stuff, but... You know, you get a little bit, and then you get called out. You, you're being prideful. You ain't never been there? Yeah, y'all lie. You lie with a straight face, which is pretty good. You guys are amazing. But, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get a little stuck, like, no. You know what I'm saying? I know some of you yell at me, too. No, Pastor Chris don't know what he's talking about. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, you, you know, something out of the Bible, you get a little stiff. You know what I mean? Like, and then I, I tell Pastor Liz, I'm like, you're being prideful. He never said that? Some of you are not as bold as me. I'm bold, right? So, I, I, or she'll be like, that's pride. Well, wait a minute, though. What is pride and what is humility? I know I'm being funny, but it's true. Humility is not that you're some wormy, squirmy, kind of like, you know, weak, like, falling apart person. Humility is just this. Because what is pride? Pride means, this is pride. I'm elevating my opinion above the word of God. That's all pride is. What is humility? Submitting myself to the word of God, whether I want to do it or not. Does that make sense? So young people, you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it really matters. No, did God say it? Then you do your best to live it. Does that make sense? Nobody's perfect. But you don't go, oh, God said, and ah, no. You just say, that's what God said, and I'm going to do the best I can to follow it. Okay? Nobody's perfect, but I'm not going to sit there and go, Oh, no, God don't know what he's talking about. He's God for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? Just say I'm not going to do it right now, but I know it's the truth. Does that make sense? And you'll catch up. And God's merciful, and he's long-suffering, and God's cool. 
God ain't like got to do it today. I told him in the car ride, I said, my level of Christianity is like, you know, level 3,000. So God had to tell me, mellow out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he got on me. He says, you, you're not long-suffering with people. I said, well, yeah. They should be doing this today. Why we got to wait? And he's like, no, 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 no. You got to give them some time. Because I'm like, crash course. You come, it's like, you know, like, let's just, you know, and it's, God's like, chill out. They need a little bit of work up time. They'll get there. And I was like, okay. So now I'm like calmer. You know, I'm like, okay, we could take a week, but let's get going. <laughs> you know, but so you get what I'm saying? You with me? So pride, pride, pride is just like I'm elevating my opinion. So humility means this. Hey, if God, this is, this is humility. If God said he's a healer, I believe God can heal. If God said he's a prosper, I believe God can take care of your needs. If God said he's a restorer, he can work that marriage out. You just, you just pull back from being kind of like with your own opinion. Why is this so important? Because look what I found, right? Look at this 4-6 in the Amplified. I love this. This is, our brand, this is our brand new definition. You got it in the, uh, yeah, there it is. That's good. Look at this. But he gives more and more grace. Look what he calls it over here. Power of the Holy Spirit to what? Medieval tendencies and all others fully. This is why he says, God sets himself against the proud and haughty, but gives grace continually to the lowly. Those who are what? Humble enough to what? To receive it. Now go back to the first part of that scripture, because this is really good. Look what he says. But he gives grace. More and more grace. What's he called grace? Power of the Holy Spirit. That's good right there. That's good right there. So point number one, write this down. Take a picture of it. Leave it up there for a minute. What is grace? We've got a brand new definition this week. Grace is the power of the Holy Spirit giving you the ability to live like Jesus. That's the God's honest truth. So you can't do it? Yeah, good. Guess what? He can. So let him do it through you. Just receive it. Leave that up there. They got to get that. So what's grace? Brand new definition. Everybody say grace. Read it. Grace is the power of the Holy Spirit giving me the ability to live like Jesus in the earth. That's what it is. Because God didn't send you here without his ability to pull it off. So he gave you grace to be the vehicle that helps you do what you could not do by yourself. Everybody needs Jesus. I used you in the morning sermon. I might use you again. Praise the Lord. It was good. Yeah, because we made Luca jump off a cliff. We went on the thing. And everybody's got a bright idea about it. I'll tell you all about it. You know, because sometimes you got to, we all had a bright idea. Like, Luca, go up there and jump off that rocky mountain. He's like, he got up there and he did it. I wasn't doing it. Praise me to God. But I was laughing because I said, everybody, everybody's the one telling you go do something. And then you get up there and your knees are knocking just a little bit. And he leaned over and I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to jump. And he jumped. I said, God bless you, kid. I ain't doing that Uh, too much. Now, when you turn 50, you can start, this is life. I know I don't look it, but praise be to God. Right now, risk, I call it risk and reward. This is what my new life is now. I, I became my mother and father in a day, right? I go, wait a minute. <laughs> risk, risk, reward. If there's no reward, I'm totally out of it, man. <laughs> like, jump off a mountain. What's, what do I get? Make a million bucks? Two million bucks? No, no, I ain't doing it. <laughs> risk, reward, risk, reward. As you get older, you start going, you know, like, like what is that? Um, uh, water ski, risk, reward. Nah, I'll sit on the side, bro, in the sea do and just go. All right, listen, you got this. What do we understand and know? 
Grace is God's power and ability of the Holy Spirit in me, allowing me to do and live like Jesus in the earth. Why is that so important? Because you can't do it on your own. Can't do it on your own. So you got to invite him in. So this means everything you face, you're well able to overcome. Why is that so important? Because we talked about the element of pride. What are you trying to do? Pride sometimes is this. I can do it. Now you got to invite God in. I say that real carefully because it's a fine line from being like, I can do it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember, it's Christ in you, strengthening you to do all things. So you can do everything and anything, but remember who's helping you do it. That's the big one. Because I, I can't do it on my own, but me and God can do everything. This is a big one too. Check this out. I want to read this scripture too. Look what Psalms 103.10 says. This is so good because grace gives us a lot of benefits. You may discipline us for many sins, but never as much as we really deserve, nor do you get even with us for what we've done. Ain't that good? God's good. He's right on time. Write this down. Point number two, grace means that God always gives me what I need, not what I deserve. Man, that is so good. Grace gave us what we needed, not what we deserve. That's why it's the gospel of grace. Acts 20, 24. What do you mean the gospel of grace? God giving you everything we need, not what we deserve. I know that sounds like so goofy, like that's so simple. Yeah, well, why don't you remember that? When you're walking through life, they go, oh, maybe God's doing this. God ain't doing nothing if it ain't good. Let me tell you right here now. That's the thing. You better learn that, eradicate this nonsense. Well, maybe maybe God's teaching me something. God ain't teaching you nothing that's not good. God, you know, like, you know, it's so sad, right? I was thinking about those pictures from Maui, you know. We walked on that street, man. We seen all that stuff. This place is burnt up to a crisp. That is so sad for those people. Got no houses. They're swimming in the water to get away from this thing. I'm thinking, oh, my God, you were just there. You seen the thing. And it's beautiful. And you go, and you know what they'll say? Act of God. I know act of God. That's an act of the devil, man. Tragedy happens in there. Insurance claims say, acts of God. They ain't got nothing to do with God. That's the devil. If it's got steal, kill, and destroy, it's the devil. If it's got lack and life not abundantly, it's the enemy. Come on, you got to, because why am I saying it? Because you're walking around thinking, maybe God's doing this to me. God ain't doing nothing to you that ain't good. Even when you're bad, God's good. Even when you don't deserve it, God's still good. Do you understand this? Well, I haven't gone to church in, you know, 10 years, maybe. Now, shut up with that. That's the devil, man. Well, I haven't given, so maybe God. No, God's still good even when we ain't good. Don't forget it, man. Why do I say that? Because when you get in a battle, what's the first thing you think? Well, maybe it's me. No, it ain't you. God is good all the time. All the time. When I'm not good, he's good. Don't you forget it, man. When you ain't obedient, he remains obedient to his word. When you ain't been thinking right, he's still thinking right towards you. When you're not in the right mind space, right place, all this messed up stuff, you're over there cussing God out. I know how some of you do. In the car, acting all fool, acting you mad and scrap, yeah, God, and cussing, screaming, and yelling, and carrying on. God's still good, and he don't care about your cuss neither. Yeah, I'm prophesying. I feel like I live in some of your houses. You know what I'm saying? Because I can feel the atmosphere. I'm an atmosphere guy. I told Pastor Liz, I get in a room, I start picking up radar. 
Yeah, I saw. Yeah, man, I zone in. I know some of you be cussing this week in that car. Say, blankety, 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 blank, blank. It's all right. It's cool, man. God's cool with it. He he'll take the cuss out of you sooner or later. But here's what I want you to understand: Don't get mad at God. It's rough sometimes. God's still faithful. You know what I'm saying? And then something I do it too. Like maybe, man, you know, there ain't no, there ain't nothing learning in this mess. Sometimes, but sometimes you think, you know, maybe God's teaching me something. Nah, man, God don't teach his kids like that. You understand what I'm saying? He'll discipline you, but he ain't teaching you through no hardships. Hardships come for the promises, and you got to hang on. But you better always remember the character of your father. Your father's a good God. He's a liberal giver. He don't care about all that. He give and you keep giving. That's important. Because sometimes, you ever, get a, you ever get like, you know, you're getting a battle, and, and, and you don't know the enemy you're fighting, and sometimes when you're doing it, it's kind of like, man, you're like, man, where's this coming from? And you, you might think just a little bit, God's in it. You can't fight right like that. You know what I'm saying? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, sometimes you get in these battles of life, and you don't know all the way it's God. And you're over there halfway fighting. No, but if you get in there and you know you got an enemy trying to destroy you, you're going to fight different. Ask Mike. Mike's a fighter. You put Mike, you put Mike in there and say, Mike, you, you're having a match. You guys that fight, I don't fight, but you guys that fight in a normal fight, you go in there and you fight and you fighting, that's one thing. You get in there, I had a buddy of mine, listen to this, no, seriously, I don't even want to say it, but he got in a fight and the guy was not, it was not a, it was not a cage fight or a fight fight, it was a street fight and you could die, that's a whole different kind of fight. Am I right? A fight where you go in there in the ring and people scoring you and watching you ding, ding, round, round, round. That's one kind of fight. You get in a fight when a dude in front of you says, I'm going to kill you, that's a whole different kind of fight, bro. See what I'm saying? That's the difference of you fighting when you think God's in it. Ding, ding. No, when you fight with the enemy, he ain't here to play fair. So stop playing fair and use the weapons of your warfare and understand God before me. Nobody in the world could be against me. That's the Bible. See what I'm saying? So roll up your sleeves and say, you want to fight? Fight. Let's go. Whatever. And it's the fight of faith. You ain't punching nobody in the head. You got to fight the fight of faith, the good fight of faith. You got to hang on. Tell the devil, I hope you don't think I'm leaving the ring. I'm not leaving. I'm a winner. Come on. You see this? You got to keep stirring yourself up like this. You got to think like this. Because you know, normal church don't talk like this. Oh, it's okay. You're all going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. Gonna be great. Just be happy in the earth. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't get nothing in the earth. No, you don't. You just wait till you go to heaven, because everything's gonna be great in heaven. Jesus said, "Have heaven on earth." But you know what he said? Heaven on earth is gonna be. He said, "The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force." You gotta stand your ground. Tell the devil, you back up and shut up. You know who you're talking to? I'm an heir of salvation. <laughs> you know who I am? Talking to a tongue talker, demon casting out, Holy Ghost filled. That's you. Amen. And you're like, you're like, I don't know if that's me. No, that's you. You wouldn't be here if that wasn't you. You'd be down at the country club church down there hanging out in the air condition with the popcorn or whatever's going on. I don't even know. Pay attention to this. Look at it. Now, here's the big one. I got to get to this one. Because if you don't see this, this one's the best one of the day. Okay? Okay. I want you to look at Paul's. This one's, this will change. If you hear me today, this will change your life forever. This next part right here is the whole day. Everything else, I don't even care if you listened, right? 2 Corinthians 12.1. You got to see this, man. You got to see this, okay? 
So we're talking about, there's a lot of reading here, so just let me pull in, because it's Paul's thorn in the flesh, the church is all a little wacky about it. Oh, he had this, or they thought he had an infirmity, they thought there was something wrong with him. No, Paul's thorn in the flesh came from, from, from the enemy to try to stop him from pursuing the things of God. That's what it's about. Okay, so I'm going to explain it, and when I explain it, you're going to see it. And it is what? It is great for me that you come to Visions and Revelations. Wonderful. Two, I'm going to read quick because I want to get to this, right? I knew a man in Christ above 14 years. He was talking about himself. Whether he's in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell. He got caught up in heaven. So if Paul goes to heaven and sees stuff he can't even talk about. He was caught up in the power by his unspeakable words. It's not lawful for me to utter. Of a one man, I would not glory. I myself will not glory. The only thing I'm going to glory about is my infirmities. Those are my weaknesses. I would desire to glory. I'm not going to be a fool about it. I'm telling you the truth. I ain't saying nothing because what I saw, I'm not even speaking about. And look what he says in verse 7. And just in case I should, what, be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger in Satan to buffet me just in case I should, what, be exalted above measure. Now, let me explain this. The Apostle Paul, literally Hebrew, uh, Greek would be even the way to look at this. What does it mean in the Greek? It means he's getting lifted up because God's revealing things to him and it's pushing him forward. That's literally the translation. So this is what he's talking about. Abundance of revelations means this. He's getting picked up and pushed forward. That means he's seeing stuff in the Bible uh, that's amazing. He's writing the Bible. And while he's writing the Bible, it's revealing itself to him, and he's getting lifted up and pushed forward, lifted up and pushed forward. That's revelation. It's lifting you up. It's pushing you forward. If you get a revelation of something from God, it lifts you up and pushes you forward. Not because of you, because it's God. It's revelation. So he's bawling now, right? Writing the Bible is great. And while he's doing this, the Bible says, here's what he said. He said, a messenger from Satan came to buffet him. Let them see that, please. What do you mean? And what? He said, and through the abundance of revelations, he's getting wisdom. Everybody say, getting wisdom. There was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him, just in case you should be exalted above measure. What's it mean to be buffeted? Blow. This is what it means. Greek. Blow. After blow, after blow, after blow. So he's getting wisdom from God, and it feels like the blow start. You ever been there? That's what it means. Give it up. Quit. Stop going after it. Stop. And it doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. Buffeting. Right? Now watch this. I came to God three times and said, get this out of here. That's what he said. Go back. Let him see it. He said, for this thing, I'll besought the Lord thrice. I'm not a genius, but that's three. You know what I'm saying? This is four. This is three. <laughs> I went to the Lord three times and said, make it go away. Right? Look at this. Next verse. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in your weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So he said, where you're weak, the power of God will rest upon you. But this is what I want to see. He said, my grace is what? Sufficient. Oh, great. What do you mean my grace is sufficient? Now check this out. Now let me show you something here. You might not like it, but you're going to like it in the end. Here's what God knows, and you better pay attention because this is the most important part you see. Here's what God knows. God knows that Paul is getting revelations from heaven. 
And the only way to stop the buffeting is stop the revelation. So God goes, you don't know what you're asking. Because if I stop the buffeter, the only reason why the buffeter showed up is because of the revelation. So that means your spiritual growth will stop if it stops. So God goes, nah, how about this? I'll make you bigger than what you're facing and show you how to spiritually grow the way I want you to grow. So, so now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. This is going to help you. Okay, you ready for this? So I'm sitting in this thinking, okay, this is great. How many of you have prayed some prayers that don't look like they've been answered? How many of you prayed some prayers, doesn't look like nothing happened? Well, God's a liberal giver, and God's faithful. So have you prayed some prayers that haven't been answered? Everybody in the room could say yes and amen. amen. So that's your side. Let me give you God's side. Let me speak on behalf of God today for you. Because you can't see me. ain't audible. He ain't, he, ain't, he ain't a physical person. So in all due respect, let me stand in the gap for God for a moment and give you the answer to your question. Have you prayed some prayers that have not been answered yet or have not looked like they've been answered? Do you pray maybe some of those prayers like Paul prayed to get things to disappear, go away? All right, okay, I got, here's your answer. My grace is sufficient. Now, in the midst of this, you ain't going to like it, but the results when you come out the other side, there's going to be something you can't get without the, it, my grace is sufficient. It's uncomfortable as all get out, but God knows to really qualify you for the next level of spiritual growth, you're going to have to walk through some stuff that doesn't magically just disappear, but God makes you bigger than it, and now I want you to go back to the stuff 20 years ago that should have killed you but didn't kill you, made you stronger. The stuff 30 years ago should have broke you, should have destroyed you, but you became the man and woman of God you are today. You go back 30 years and the stuff they said, I had the guy in the front row should have been dead. He ain't dead. He's still living. I'm talking about you and the stuff that you should have been in prison the rest of your life, but God got you out. You should, now, oh, you're preaching to my knee. No, I'm talking to reality in here. You should have lost your mind. But my grace is sufficient. You should have never. My grace is sufficient. I didn't make. He didn't make every little problem go away. He made you bigger than the problems. And that's why you are who you are today. That's why you can believe what you believe today. My grace is sufficient. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Flesh hates it. Yeah, but I'm bigger than it. You come out the other side of it, you're going to see me all the while I was in it. Because I can't just make it go away and stops you from going where I want you to go. And it's lousy theology because you feel like God, can't you? I asked him three times. He said, my grace is sufficient. And you think, God, ain't it about time you show up with some of this grace? He's like, 
my grace is sufficient. Because in your weakness, you will find my strength. I'm going to say it again. In your weakness, you will find my strength. That's a whole new ballgame. But in the midst of it, it ain't no fun. So what you got to start doing? Just roll back and know God is going to do it. Why? Number three, his grace is sufficient. Don't ever forget this. You need to write that down. Some things just ain't magically going to go away. And I don't know about you, but I'm like that too. I just want to get things settled. You ever have open browsers? I can't stand that. Oh, my God, open projects. I just want it done today. Why do I got to wait? Can we just get this closed, man? I want to, like, call and close all the business deals and before the work day's over. I, I'm just like that. You know what I mean? I want to go aggressively. I took, we, went, we, went, um, we went Friday. I took the kid, the other kid, the guys from work. You know what I mean? Dave, we, I don't know where Dave is, but we went. I was like, man, as soon as I get there, I get flipping game day mode. You want to attack all that stuff. You can't teach nobody if you attack everything. You got to teach these young guys how to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew what it took. You know, like rejection, I love rejection. Anybody in sales loves rejection. You're a master of rejection. You learn that rejection is the key to sell something. So I'm looking for no's. I was like, this is how you do this. Just go find 100 no's and you'll get one yes. Praise the Lord. So somebody come and reject me, glory to God. Other people are crying about rejection. I'm looking for it. Because if you've got to sell something, you're gonna, that's all you're going to hear is no. No, 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 no. I was just looking for no's. So you want to just grab it and go, but you're talking about 30 years of doing something when this guy's got 30 days. So you got to let him get it, but you know God's going to be afraid. See, think, what am I trying to show you? Please understand what I'm saying. Look at anything in life you've been, the, the new pilot guy, he's freaking out, bro. He's sitting in the seat, he's shaking, he knows everything. So you're like, bro, been there, done that. Just eat, breathe in, breathe out. It's going to be okay. The guy putting in the wire. Where's the camera? I don't know. Doesn't work. Billy's like, I've been here a hundred times. Just chill out. Don't fall off the ladder. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. It's going to be okay. You're getting groomed. Tony, you're getting groomed, right? They're showing you, man. Here's how you pull the pistol. Here's how you do the thing. Here's how you do it. And to you, it's all new. But to the guy that's been doing it for 30 years, it's like clockwork. But he's, what is he doing? He's trying to let you see that this, just trust where you're at. It's going to produce what you need to see. You've been doing it everywhere in life. And then it comes to God, and we, like, lose the script. Don't worry. He's like, look, my grace is efficient. It's going to be okay. Right now, that first window, you fro- you're freaking out, man. You're freaking out. You're like, why is it? But guess what now? You jerry-rig it. You put it in there. You do it. You put a little grease on it. You put it in, it'll work. Why? Because what's the story? Everybody's in this thing somewhere, but when it comes to God, we're like, we flip this. Oh, my God. He's God. He's got you. He's got you in the palm of his hand. You just can't see it. He's got it all worked out. He knew the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He comes in your middle. You know what? It's right in front of you. It could be tomorrow. Boom. Your whole world changes in one minute. But you don't know that. Just hang on and know what? If he didn't answer and it didn't show up yet, his grace is sufficient. He's taking you somewhere. It's uncomfortable. That's the truth. Because you want to know why? We're relying on ourselves. We were talking about it. The kid said it. Gigi said it today, we were walking. She's like, man, you know what I've learned? She said something today. She said, I learned this. I said, if you follow, she said this, she's young. She said, she says, you know what? If you're trusting God, that means you got to trust him with everything. I said, yep, you got to trust him with everything. Think about it. It's the truth, right? It's true. Uh, it's the truth. You got to trust him with everything. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to trust you with this, but I ain't going to trust you with that. I'm going to trust you. And, and, and as you get older, Right? You got to trust them with every, everything. Younger kids, you got your mom and dad, but as you get a, you know, you move out the house, you, you know, I watched this thing, it was funny, right? Oh my God, it was so funny. It was on a, a, one of those reels and it was kids and they said, when mom and dad are buying the toothpaste, 
This toothpaste is like they're squeezing it all over. They got half a tube of toothpaste. When you're buying the toothpaste, it's like one little dime, right? When you're buying the peanut butter, like half the jar comes out of the peanut butter. When you know, when your mom and dad are buying it, when you're buying it, they got like a little Q-tip and they like put a little bit out there, right? It's a whole different story when mom and dad are buying it. But when you got to go in your pocket and pay for it, it's a brand new rodeo, right? That's the levels of trust we come to in life. Like, oh, it's easy to trust them when you didn't have to trust them for nothing. Now you got to trust them for everything. Everything. And then you take a step of faith, and now you really got to trust them. And you're looking and go, God, why have you not answered my prayers? My grace is sufficient. And you're like, and that's what I was talking about with the kid. I said, your knees are knocking, just don't tell nobody. We've been there. We've been there. What am I going to do? He'll come through. What am I going to do? He'll come through. What am I going to do? God, where are you? I prayed. My grace is sufficient. Remember I told you about six months ago or something? He told me, he said, if, if, it, if it ain't here yet, I'm not finished with it. I said, what you say? One day I was walking around. He said, I said, where this should have been here by now? He said, if it didn't show up yet, I'm not finished with it. <laughs> Think of that next time. He ain't finished with it. He's still working on it. What's he working on? I don't know, but praise be to God, I hope he hurries up. He's working on it. What do you, I'm not finished with it. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's for me. Maybe it's for him. Maybe it's for earth. I don't care. Just trust him. Don't you stop trusting God. Why? Because his grace is sufficient. Because in my weakness is going to be found perfect strength. Remember when the apostle Paul came to you, he said, I did not come to you in eloquence of words. I didn't come to you in a strong anointing. I came to you with weakness and trembling. And I came with demonstration of God. When you're at your weakest, God's at his strongest. You stop looking at weakness like it's a problem. It's the key to the anointing. I promise you that's true, right? Here's one other thing that happens sometimes. But Pastor Chris, it doesn't seem like God hears me. Yeah, I know. Didn't seem like he heard Paul either. What do you do when it seems like he didn't hear you? Know that his grace is sufficient. Because sometimes we think, why didn't he fix it yet? That's your new mentality. Ah, his grace is sufficient. I can. Because remember this, write this down. He gives you graces for places. Write it down. You got the grace for the place. Write that down. Whatever place you're in, you got the grace. Does that make sense? You got God's ability. Does that make sense? Graces for places. Everybody say graces for places. Anywhere you're at right now, you got grace for the place. You remember when you were single, you had to have single kind of grace. Now you get married, you got married kind of grace. You have a kid, you got great kid kind of grace. Business. God will give you the grace for the place that you're at. You just got to lean in and tap in. And what? You got to do? You got to yield to it. Come on in, Jesus. Because here's the next one. I love this next one. Write this down. You got to start learning how to do this because if you don't learn how to do this, you're going to be in trouble. You got to learn how to work your weakness. I called it work your weakness. I, call, I like it better here. You've got to learn to work with your weakness. I called it this. You've got to work your weakness. You know what I mean by that? You know what I mean by that? Nobody wants to talk like this in church. Say, are we weak? No, we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And you're strong in everything. But in your natural ability, you're going to feel weak. You've got to learn how to work with that. Does that make sense? You've got to work your weakness. You can't just sit there and go, I can't. No, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But in the first couple of steps, you're going to feel like you can't do it and be weak. It's okay. Everybody does. Just don't tell nobody. Work your weakness. Does that make sense? Not just work with them. Work it. Take a step anyway. 
Take a faith step anyway. Make a faith move anyway. I'm weak. Yeah, no, duh. Everybody's weak. They just ain't telling you. That's what I was telling you about the thing. I said, sometimes you got to do it with your knees knocking. Just take a step. Why? Because look at this. I'm telling you, man, this is big, right? Check this out. Look at, look at Hebrews 11, 33 and 24, 34. It's a weird scripture, but I like it. Through faith's power, it's, that's the hall of faith where all these people did great things. Does that make sense? The, you know, this is where Abraham was found. This is where, you know, all the greats, the Davids of the world, Moses of the world, Joshua of the world, they were the hall of faith. Faith-filled people. Look what it says. Through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms, established true justice. Their faith fasted unto the promise and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouth of lions, that put the power of the put that put out the power of the raging fire, caused many to escape certain death by the sword. And in their weakness, come on, what's it say? In their weakness, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into a battle array. What did it say? In their weaknesses, what? Faith imparted power to make them strong. In your weakness, they were made strong. They subdued kingdoms. This is how they did it. Is this making sense? So you telling me, go read it. Abraham, David, Moses, Joshua. In their weakness, their faith made them strong. They weren't waiting for strength to go do it. They did it in their weakness, and they made a move. And in the middle of the weak steps they took, faith showed up and finished it. See it? You understanding this? I don't have it all together. Good, don't get it all together. Step out like you are and let God show up and finish this thing. Just keep taking steps. That's what you got to get. Sometimes you ain't got it all figured out. You got to take weakness steps. Work it. Does that make sense? It's kind of like a little way. Look at Pastor Chris, you're saying we're weak. No, I'm saying greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can do supernatural stuff. But guess what? In your natural, you're going to feel like, I can't start that company. Yes, you can. I can't start that business. Yes, you can. Because you ain't just starting it. You're taking the steps. And in your weak steps, he's going to show up and why not you? He'll get you out. You got to just keep taking those steps. Some say faith walks by not being able to see. Faith So said, this is how they did it. They subdued kingdoms. They overcame giants. They shut the mouths of lions. You read it in the King James. He's talking about Daniel walking in the lions then. He's talking about Abraham leaving her to Chaldees. He's talking about David. He's talking about everybody that did anything in the Bible. You know what he said? He said, them jokers were all weak. They didn't have it all figured out, but they took a step of faith. And when they took that step of faith, my power and my ability touched it and finished it. Work your weakness. How, come on, moms. I got the moms right here. You got, you know, you got five of them together with both of you, right? How in the heaven do you do that? You got like seven grinding out, right? I don't care if you got one. Who's, you think you're prepared for that? No, you take a step and God shows up. Come on, business guys, anything. You take one step, you do it. You take one step, you do it. Come on, everything in life that was supposed to be, you just keep taking steps. And here's the good one. You ready? Because this is, this is me. Man, don't you do nothing but keep Step it. You know what I'm saying? Don't stop. Where are you going to go back to? You know, I always think of Jesus. He's like, hey, eat my body, drink my blood, and let's go. They looked at him and said, you're crazy, dude. What do you mean? We're leaving. He said, bye. He's like, 
Peace out. And he looks at Peter and goes, Peter, where are you going? He goes, where are we going to go? You got the words of eternal life. We're following. We don't understand you. That's exactly what those disciples say. We do not understand you. We don't even, listen to me. This is wisdom. We do not understand you, God. Jesus, we know nothing. All I know is this, though. This is the answer of life that will always project you to take steps forward. He said this. He goes, where are we going to go back to? You want to go back to where you were? You want to go back to where you came from? Do you? Because I don't. There ain't nothing back there. So that's what he's saying. Peter said, I don't want to go back to being a stinky fisherman doing all this nonsense. I'm following you. You made me a fisherman. There's no other way to go. I'm following you. That's the key. Where am I going to go back to? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Not step in faith and go back to walk in the life of unbelief. What am I going to do? Not overstep that thing of fear and live fear for the rest of my life. I'm going to live in fear. Come on, man. Nah, there ain't nothing back there. Ain't nothing back there. Don't be like turn around, turn no pillar of salt. Just keep taking faith steps forward. Ain't nothing back where. Be like the children of Israel. This is hard out here going after this promised land. It was better to be trapped in bondage and live up in there like that. You ain't going back to bondage. You ain't going back to fear. You ain't going back to that life. You ain't going back to none of that stuff. You going one step after another step. And then I'm going to work this weakness. And every step I take, every step I take, every step I take, I'm going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Not because of my ability, but because of his ability in me allowing me to do what I could not do by myself because his grace is sufficient and he's going to put the step in my steps. He's going to put the glide in my stride. He's going to put the bounce in me, man. I ain't going back. His grace is sufficient. I'm going to go to heaven and and I'll tell you what, I'm going to say, hey, this is what you said. Either hope you did it or send me back to the earth because I ain't done. That's what I'm talking about. Where are you going back to? This is the stuff. And next time, and then next time, next time. Now here's your prayer, right? Because some of you need this prayer, right? Sometimes you just got to be your grace is sufficient. That's it. Just tell them, God, you said your grace is sufficient. Work it out. Get all fancy with your prayers. Praying all day freaking out, wringing your hands. Your grace is sufficient. Come on, dude, stand up on your feet. Pastor Liz is going to come, but we're going to declare this in here. And then she'll, she'll, she'll walk with you through the sinner's prayer. But I felt this in my heart. I want to do this. Lift your, lift your hands to heaven. I want you to see the stuff you're facing right now. Whatever obstacle it is, whatever thing is, you, you know, whatever whatever's going on. I don't know what's going on. Well, you do, maybe it's maybe it's a life thing, a financial thing, a family thing, a married thing, a health thing. I don't know. But whatever God quickens to your heart, that's what I want you to do. When you lift your hands to heaven, I want you to kind of hold that thing that you're facing. Maybe it's business, maybe it's life. And you just hold it right there and you just tell God, we're going to say this together. We're just going to let him know that his grace is sufficient to get you through. Okay? So now this is going to be faith. This is going to be your faith confession after today. Right? Maybe you're dealing with an addiction. Maybe you're dealing with a, a mind thing that's coming against your mind. Maybe you're dealing with some stuff. Maybe your past is trying to rob you of your future. It's trying to haunting your mind and your memory. I don't know what it is. I know God is greater than it. 
And there's people in here, you prayed prayers. You prayed prayers a hundred times to God do something and God move and God, and God, and God, you know what? And maybe God, a hundred prayers, a hundred times, a hundred days, a hundred years, I don't know. And nothing's changed. Well, forget it. Hold on to that promise and just know, you know what? I, I'm not going to sit here wait, waiting for something to change about this thing. I'm just going to know that your grace is sufficient in the middle of it. I'm going to live life again right here in the middle of it. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost right there. I'm getting ready. You better hear me. Some of you, your life has been on hold for a decade, man, waiting for something to happen. And you sitting there and you're like, hey, uh, nah, this is over today. It's done. I'm going to start living life right here, right now. And I'm not going to think about this mess no more because your grace is sufficient. And if you move, you move. And I don't care if you move and when you move, God, I know you're true. But I'm done being haunted by the past and the nonsense or the evil or whatever you're facing. That's it. I'm done. Today's the day. When you lift your hands up and say this out loud, say, Jesus, your grace is sufficient. And in my weakness, you're going to make me strong. From this moment forward, I believe the Word of God. I prayed. I gave it to you. And right now, I'm going to start living my life in the middle of this mess. No matter what, whenever I think of it, whenever I say it, I know your grace is sufficient. Make me bigger, make me stronger, and show me how to be an overcomer. And make me greater than everything I'm facing. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.